Hey guys, it's Lincoln here. Um, obviously, um, uh, Sam and I uh, mm. just found out this morning that uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away, and um, yeah, at the age of forty-three from cancer. Mm. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to uh, let you guys know, uh, just give you a little bit of peek behind the scenes. Um, we do these episodes a little bit more than a week in advance. We record them, so yeah, just to let the people know that you know we aren't assholes. Um, but uh, yeah, very sad thing to hear. Yeah, we both we both love this movie. Chadwick Boseman was great in it. We're sorry to him and his family. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, so keep that in mind as you listen to it. Um, it's the same. It's the same B plot episode as it usually yeah. is. But uh, yeah, shout outs to Chadwick Boseman. I sad to hear of his passing. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah. Welcome to B plot podcast. The podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by. Mostly ignore it. Look at the movie dropped on the exact same day. My name is Lincoln. I'm a comic out here in London. I'm here with my man, Sam. Sam, how you doing, my dude? I'm all right. Keeping well. Keeping safe. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling on a physical level? How's your body feeling? My, well, like, I, th- I think we've... What's the bit of your leg called from your knee to, like, your hip? Okay. Uh, is that is that your quadricep or... I'm, is that your tibia? Your tibia? Your tibia? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not a doctor, dude. I don't All right. Know. Well, those muscles, crazy now. Crazy. It's, oh, dude, you mean you got juice legs? Jacked yeah, up? dude. It's like if you, it's it's like solid rock and everything around it is just pure flat. Just That's really, I don't know what to do with that. That's <laughs> such an odd body description. Um, we have a little uh, competition for you guys. Oh yeah. Um we have a little competition for you guys. Um so you know that like we always ask you like and subscribe, you know, leave a review if you can. Um but what we've decided to do, Sam, is um and you know because we decided it, is that we're going to actually um if you leave a review and you actually write a review, give us five stars on iTunes, four stars if you feel comfortable with it, three stars, don't bother, mm. because we don't need that kind of energy. <laughs> um, just let us know personally if you don't like the show. <laughs> um, but four stars, five stars, we'd be really happy to take that. Um, leave us a review, leave us a star rating, and um, if you send Sam or I a screenshot of the review on iTunes or wherever you kind of do your podcasts or listen to your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, whatever. If you send us a review with five stars, um, we will allow you to pick a movie for the episode. Now, it's kind of on you to make sure that something nice has come out on the same day. Mm. Um, but uh, it, and we can even tell you how to do that because we have we know the websites we can go to. But if you want to send us a screenshot either to me or Sam at our Instagrams at Lincoln on the mic uh, at Sam J Golan, yeah, and um, we will pick. We'll let you pick the movie and we'll discuss it. Um, for the first three, just to kind of you know make a cutoff in case things get hectic. First three to do it, we will do those three movies, fucking all of them in a row. Mm. Um. So yeah, that's just a little incentive because we would really like it if you guys can like give us the the reviews, give us the ratings because it really does help with like the charting and stuff. We're number one in film history podcast in Italy. Hey! It. 
Actually, they didn't tell us we're number one. I only saw that we were. <laughs> oh, we, f- we fell off number one. <laughs> so right. fell yeah, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, they don't tell us when we're number one. We only tell us when we're not anymore. Um, but yeah, so like, if you can do that, just yeah, screenshot of your review, star rating, what you said, send it to us uh, at Lincoln on the mic or at Sam J Golan, and then yeah, we'll let you pick the movie. We're here to discuss two movies, two very very different movies. Uh, the first one, a Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. <laughs> and the second one, uh, Looking Glass, um, starring Nicolas Cage and Robin Tunney. Now, mm. Black Panther, obviously one of the biggest movies of all time, I think. Yeah. I think it's probably like top five box office ever. Mm. Uh, and it's safe to say that this Looking Glass, this Nicolas Cage movie, you know, uh, I don't think, mm, uh, I don't think he remembers making it. I don't think, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he knows, but, no man, Black Panther. Um, I probably I've seen it. Yeah. Um, that's part of like the black experience. If you haven't seen it, they um, they revoke your cards. They, <laughs> they don't they don't let you at the barbecue. But um, yeah, what did you think about it? So I I saw it in the cinema when it first came out, uh, and I really enjoyed it. Um, and for context. You know this, Luke, and I don't know how many people listening. I am not, I'm not big on the Marvel movies most of the time. The uh, the two the two that I like are this and Guardians of the Galaxy. Right, these are the the two. Second time, I was like, oh, was I was I seduced by the big screen, by the like the loud special effects and action? But I, I think, and I don't know how you feel. I think the first hour of this film is kind of like, ah, it's just any other Marvel movie. Just to say this, I'm not like shitting on it. They, they're big blockbusters. They have their place and they're fun. No, you can, you can shit on it. Don't be afraid. I will personally broker the peace deal. Right. (laughs) With the society of black lawyers. Okay. I will sit down. All right. If you want to shit on it, it's okay. I will be your, uh, Johnny Cochran. Oh, oh, wait, oh, wait. I'm talking about shitting on the other Marvel movies though, rather than Black Panther. Not, Okay, for them, I've I've got no mercy. Right. Okay. <laughs> oh, so so you're like, oh, okay. I'll I'll boost you for Black Panther, but not for Spider Man. Look, Sam, if you don't like Black Panther, yeah, I will defend you. Right. At your cancelling. So okay. At your so right. Cancelling. So this is the thing. This is the thing. I think. Uh, yeah. On a second watch, I was like, I didn't like the first hour as much as I did the first time. But the second hour, I liked even more than I liked the first time. I think. And you need the first hour. You need the setup. But the the thing that I like about this movie that makes it different, what I think is different from other Marvel movies, is that there's um uh this thing underneath all the special effects called a story that kind of progresses from A to B. And I really, mm. I really like that. I see. I see. I was. I'm glad that you said that in the end, Sam, because I was. Um, I was going to deplatform you. I was going to <laughs> um, the first uh, self deplatforming that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, kill fifty percent of my own platform. <laughs> um, dude, I have to confess. Actually, uh, all jokes aside, is I didn't really fuck with Black Panther that much the first time around. Right. I thought the music was great. I thought Michael B. Jordan was great. Mm. I thought the setting was interesting. I love the setting. Yeah. But there was something about this movie when it came out, and this happens every now and again, where um, it's the first black superhero movie that Marvel did. Although, you know, 
it's not the one ever because you know Blade, yeah. my man was popping, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But on the whole, this version of Marvel is the first one, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I felt the weight of the of the kind of the legacy, right? A little bit. What do you mean? Like, I felt that like because people, I, I remember reviews was like ninety nine percent at Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, that's not, that's not, that's not it. Mm. Um, but it was important. And people were excited to see it, and that's good. Yeah, it's just that like I'm always like really scared or whatever when movies market their like diversity or their, um, or they market their that kind of like wokeness as the selling point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it means if the movie isn't good, you can't then go, um, oh, but you know you're a racist if you don't like it. It was like, well, I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Or so if people don't go and see it. And they go, this movie isn't for you. And then people go, okay, cool. I'm not going to go see it. Then you can't be there like, well, see, that's the problem. Like, it's like, but you told me it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You said so. Interesting, Could, but, uh, interesting yeah. question. Because oh, yeah, uh, you, you, you're a uh, Marvel fan? Not really. I think Black Panther was the last one I watched. Or maybe Civil War was probably the right. last one I watched. And then I checked out completely. Okay. Because this is, okay, this is what I don't understand I don't understand Marvel fans not liking this movie because to me, I think I see, I see, I see Black Panther and I go, okay, this is everything that a Marvel movie is. Plus like, a, I, I think some good movie stuff that's, that yeah. doesn't have to be, it wouldn't even have to be. And actually what side note, one thing I think that's really interesting about it is I actually, what I like most about this movie is that I think it works without Black Panther. I think it works without T'Challa. Like it's obviously his story of becoming king, and that is the important thing. But I'd still, I'd still watch the rest of the drama if he was kind of like a secondary character. Yeah, I, I can understand that, and I think it, it is also kind of part of it. Is like it's got a unique structure. It feels like it has like it doesn't have a classic movie structure. It feels like it has like a five act. Mm structure because like there's the big climax in if you if you could take like a shakespearean structure which is like one two three four five yeah after the third one there's a big climax where he disappears yeah and then there's two more separate acts mm. um where the movie goes is his like coming back up again and then like kind of um michael b jordan's plan and then there's the big climax yeah so that's relatively unusual for a for a movie um, and it's not like hard and fast, but it's a kind of like a soft yeah thing underneath it. Well, that, well again, because it's got quite a few moving bits uh, and and a, like an actual interesting cast of characters. It's like that the thing that you're talking about, which would that if it was a tragedy, it would be the end of the movie when Michael B. Jordan beats up Chadwick Boseman and chucks him off the edge mm. of the thing. You're like, oh yeah, and he failed, and that's the thing. But that's the that's the darkest point in T'Challa's, like, mm. story, do you know what I mean? But it's because actually we're looking, we're looking more at, um, we're looking more at Lupita and uh, Danai. Is that her name? The, uh, the lady from The Walking Dead. Oh, I can't remember, but I know who I you're talking Denai. about. Um, 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 but yeah, man, I, I say all of this to say that. Mm. I divorced of all of those expectations mm. and divorced of all of the kind of weight of <laughs> history, as it were, mm. to come to bear on this movie. Really, really enjoyed it mm. the second time around. Just loved it as um, 
loved Michael B. Jordan's character. Yeah. Loved um, loved the kind of like his journey, his arc. And by the way, I'm going to send a shout out to, I don't know whoever, whose man's this is, the single best South African accent that I've seen. Andy Serkis. In a film. He absolutely crushed that. Yeah. As a, as, and like the South African accent is fucking, <clears throat> South African accent's fucking difficult. It's flat. Um, it swings into like New Zealand and, and places. It's very, it's a very difficult accent to get right. But my man nailed that um, pretty much emphatically. Well, well, yeah. And this is a thing I noticed on a second watch is um, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Stan Lee are the only two people in the film who are using their own accents. Everybody else is putting on an accent. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not gonna lie. Some of the T'Challa, my man was doing. <laughs> I think that's gonna. It's brutal. I think, okay, just to jump in, I think that would have to be my, like, sub instant cancel. But I do wanna ask you, like, one more question before we move on. Because this is the thing that bothered me the first time, and it bothered me even more the second time. Is uh, I don't. Michael B. Jordan's character is my favourite character. Is the best, I think, the best thing about the movie. I don't like how it ends, and I don't like that they uh, rest on him killing a couple women to make him the bad guy, because I'm like, I, this guy's the real hero. Yeah, and I think that's the interesting part, right? Mm. That's the that's the problem there, is that his position to be like, um, yeah, we need to actually arm our brothers and sisters, especially post- um, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. It's like, it's like, man, this is difficult to argue against. Like, this is hard yeah. to argue against. And he did it, um, bro. Like he, you like he says he went to all these different countries. He killed all these different people just to get there. And I'm like, I, th- I think he's earned it. Man, I used to have a, I um, back in the in the olden days, uh, I used to have a, a bit about that about Black Panther. Where it, and 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 it still holds true. Watching it, mm. man, what a fucked up political structure yeah this country has it's a monarchy number one which already come on please we can't do this anymore number two that's it anyone can just show up and fight you on top of a waterfall if you if you happen to be super jacked up (laughs) democracy that's the key because guess what once what happens once t'challa dies is there gonna be another one (laughs) there's gonna be another one of these big fights and then we're gonna have to Someone else is going to take over the Black Panther suit? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Um, Michael B. Jordan, fucking beautiful. Mm. Body jacked up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Hair looking fantastic. Yeah. Um, just suave, just beautiful, soft, creamy skin up against T'Challa, who, again, also just beautiful body, just glistening. Mm. Uh, well lotioned up. A man got the Nivea for men, the, uh, yeah. the Vaseline for men. He got the elbows, got the <laughs> knees, got the little got the little ankles as well from running around barefoot, Shaka Zulu. My man crushed it. Yeah. My man crushed his entire body, is glistening. That's how I knew this man he deserved to be Black Panther. Um, yeah, there's a lot of beautiful but, yeah. bodies in the film. There's... Beautiful, mm. beautiful bodies. Um, and I'm a fan. I'm, you know, I watched the um I watched it, I did a sit up afterwards. So I was like, no, <laughs> then I was like proof in D twelve, I did two and a half and I couldn't get up. <laughs> oh but it fell apart. Yeah. Um Yeah man, this is, you know what Black Panther also reminds me of? It reminds me of those movies when I was a kid when like we were fighting and stuff 
I don't know if you used to do this, but me and my like cousins and stuff watch like martial arts movies, mm. and then we just like fuck up all the plants in my um in my <laughs> grand's garden. <laughs> you were practicing on the plants. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like Black Panther has that vibe, which is like all the like the combat and stuff, and it's mm. like Wakanda forever. Like I can imagine watching this as a kid, and just fucking just dome, just killing the plants in my nan's garden. I will tell you the scene that like crushed my heart mm. was um, when Michael B. Jordan goes back to go see his oh, his father yeah. in the flat. Just just breaks my absolute heart how beautiful that scene is yeah, man it's great it's the, um yeah and the oh man yeah that's what i guess so yeah it's just oh <laughs> you watch the wire right mm, all of it did you get a little thing the first time you saw black panther where you were like what wallace fucking made something of himself man i'm glad man this kid is a fucking movie star this mm. kid's a fucking movie star um he like I should, every time I see him in something, he does. Like I mean, my man had me in tears. Creed two, Creed two, I was crying. Yeah. Granted, I was on an airplane, <laughs> and and I am prone to crying. <laughs> yeah. If I, watch, if, I, if I watch movies on airplane, yeah, I watched Creed two. I was balling. All right. Yeah. That maybe six seven hours later, I was watching Baywatch, the one with the Rock <laughs> and um, Zac Efron. I was in tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is beautiful. Look at his arms. Have, it's so nice. Have, have we talked about this before? Because I always cry at movies on airplanes. Oh, man, I can't take it. I can't take it. I am in tears if I see a movie on an airplane. Though. I saw that mo- Stup- Stupid shit, this dude. I saw the movie. You know the, the, you know the one with uh, Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss? The gangster one? Oh, man, I forgot the name. If you tell me, I'll Yeah, know. it's like not emotional <laughs> at all. But I was just crying for no reason. Anyway, can I, can I can I tell you the the worst one yeah. for me is I watched the movie. Actually, actually, this is not a bad movie. Focus with um, Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Right, not seen it. Yeah, it's just like a gangster caper. Yeah, just a caper thing with it, and um, the sexual tension between <laughs> Margot Robbie and Will Smith <laughs> was so electric <laughs> that I legit started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I bursted I just I couldn't handle it. Yeah. It's just like this is so beautiful. I hope that they make it together. <laughs> Next on Red Table Talk. <laughs> uh I was legit Will Smith when he found out about the entire I was just my whole face was just contorted and like mm, yeah. mm. Man, it was very fun. It was very fun. Very enjoyable. I have no um I've not, I don't really have anything bad to say about Black Panther. Um, I do have a lot of bad things to say about the next movie that we watched. Oh, Looking Glass. Um, Looking Glass. Um, you ready to talk about that yet? Or do you want yeah, no, yeah. to hang up, no. hang up with Black Panther a little bit? No, or? I'm ready to move on to this. Oh, look at this Steaming guy. pile of cage. <laughs> Sam knew this day would come. <laughs> um, yeah, so the movie that we're actually here to talk about is a movie that came out on the exact same day. Or so we think. We're, no one. There's no way of knowing, really. Um, to be honest with you, uh, they could be lying, and I just have to accept it. Um, a movie called Looking Glass, starring Nicolas Cage and um, Robin Tunney. Now, this movie um, is interesting, but I will also. I just want to talk about Nicolas Cage for a bit, just because I think to a. Of a if you're of a certain age and like grew up like watching certain movies, Looking, uh, sorry, Nicolas Cage. Low-key important because mm. um, he has some of the biggest joints 
um, of my childhood. Yeah. I'm talking about the late 90s trilogy of uh, Con Air, Face of The Rock. Yeah. Um, and then there's a, like a flat transition as well. Even though he's like Academy, you know, award winner, uh, Matchstick Men, I remember being really good. Mm-hmm. Then there's, at some point, things start going off the rails. Um, Ghost Rider, yeah. which people still love. Um, and then things just things just lose the plot, man. Well, I mean, let's be fair to uh, the linear nature of time here, because uh, you, have you seen a vampire's kiss? I have not. the The man improvises, just yelling the full alphabet in the middle of a therapy scene, so consistently that they can't cut around it. Uh, he eats a live cockroach because. He just wanted to, like he he was off the rails in the eighties, dude. There was he was he was he was. That's true. That's true. I'm just, I'm saying, okay. The problem with this movie specifically is you don't even get that Nicholas Cage. Mm. This is a subdued Nicholas Cage. Mm-hmm. My man has popped twenty five thousand zans <laughs> and, sipped, and sipped on some lean. He is just so subdued. And my man, I was actually low-key excited to watch this joint because I love Nicolas Cage, like crazy Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Crazy Nicolas Cage where he's doing revenge revenge movies, uh, you know. But this one, no, nah, man. Let's, let's get to the premise. Nicolas Cage is with um, Robin Tunney in the Too Good for This Movie role. Mm-hmm. And she is uh, their uh, husband and wife and they've uh, lost their daughter. They've lost their child. Mm. I actually don't know if it's a daughter or not. And so they buy a motel. Um, in this motel, uh, there's a cast of creepy characters. Um, but in the course of events, Nicholas Cage discovers that there is one of the motel rooms, room 10, has a... I'm sorry, I actually couldn't... Is this a two-way mirror or a one-way mirror? Uh, one-way, right? Because if it's it was a, two-way, you'd see a mirror on the other side. But it's a one-way mirror because you can see through it, Right. Thank you. I it's think, a one-way mirror. I th- if I'm yeah, wrong, it's a one-way mirror. tell me. It's a one-way mirror. You're right, my dude. You're right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. We got you. And um, so the movie is basically set up as this um, thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like a weird kind of like psychosexual love story. Yeah. And um, Cage, someone, uh, Cage, what he does is he looks at uh, people having sex in this room. And he goes back to Robert Tunney and, you know, he's all horned up. He's Lucy Goose. Um, there's a, a, a dominatrix in the movie and she, they have dominatrix lesbian sex in the in the room. And Nicolas Cage is watching it through this thing. He gets crazily horned up. And uh, Nicolas Cage getting horned up is him just biting on his... Uh, on his mustache, yeah, which yeah. is a very, a very unerotic um, yeah. thing to see. There's also a moment. There's also a moment where he's looking. He does that, but he also there's a moment where he goes to look. I can't describe this. Help me describe this. There's a moment where he like, no, I shouldn't be doing this, and he like looks away, but then he can't, and he like full on head rotates back like that, and I don't know. I don't know if you caught it, man, but I had to rewind that it three times. It was basically like if you've seen uh, Men in Black One, uh-huh. the guy, <laughs> the guy who is made out of cockroaches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what uh, Nicholas Cage's head does Good. at that moment. He just <laughs> and snaps. <laughs> and um, but obviously, you know, you know that this is going to happen. There's a murder. Mm. 
and as soon as Nicolas Cage leaves to go give uh, uh, Robin Tunney the uh, the full uh, Hadouken, mm-hmm. um, we see someone actually coming into that room where he was just looking into kill someone. Mm-hmm. Okay, am I on? Am I on par so far? Set. Yeah, you're fucking nailing it, dude. Fucking it is. It, it was. Right it now. was a daughter, though. By the way, they do. I think her name was. It was a daughter. I okay. think her name was Rosie. They do argue about. Hmm. And Robin Tunney, his wife, is again thoroughly too good for this for this film. I think she is. I think she's a tremendous actor. She doesn't seem to be given a lot of options. Um, she's done some stuff on TV. I know she was on The Mentalist. I know she's in like early. She's in like the pilot of House. I weirdly remember right the TV show House. Um, she was in The Craft. Have you ever seen The Craft? That's what I fucking knew her from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's from in this kind of you know coven of witches in the uh, sexy witches in the in the mid nineties. Mm. Um, that's entirely like yo. Let's get some uh, let's get some witches in here, but uh, <laughs> with a couple of sexy broads. All right. <laughs> that's exactly what what that was. Um, yeah, and she's. Nicholas Cage's wife and um this kind of hints at like uh this hints at like addiction in her past um and it's kind of implied that Nicholas Cage was off philandering cheating on her mm. when um when their daughter died yeah so but it's never made entirely clear which is actually to the often it's like you know how they say like you don't want to be given all the information we could have done with more information yeah for sure this is sl- this is a slow movie for a thriller that it's 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 slow and i think one of the big things is that nothing um nothing happens nothing unexpected happens uh so if we go through the if we go through the sort of beats of the story this woman comes into room six and then this guy goes into room 10 right and the guy is a truck driver and he has like a different uh prostitute sex worker every night that he is doing and that's all out in the open that's pretty clear and obvious and then the woman hires this dominatrix who uh, does that and then the dominatrix leaves and then she's murdered and and it's very like a generic murder and then no, sorry not the dominatrix not the, the, dominatrix, the woman who hired the woman who hired the dominatrix is murdered yeah 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 and uh and then the next night because that woman has been taken out of the motel entirely, so they Nicholas Cage and Robin don't know that she's been murdered. And the next night, they find they go home, they go back to the motel to find like a dead pig in the pool mm. with a with a note inside that just says Chrissy, and it's a picture of like a high school graduate or a college graduate, right? And uh, that's kind of as fucked up as it gets, really. Mm. There's, th- yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the only other kind of entrance in it. So this is a kind of creepy town. There's like a really thin guy across the road. There's a guy who owns... <laughs> really, wait, wait. The, the, <laughs> that's not why he's... It's just like some really thin guy across the road. You're like, hey, that guy's eat more. Look, man, every time you see a really thin person in a movie, that's like an instant, <laughs> like, oh, no, this guy strangles. <laughs> this guy strangles pits. <laughs> yeah. um, a thin guy. Looks Hollywood like foreboding. Yeah, Hollywood doesn't reward uh, thin dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, come on, dude, get jacked up. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that this is like, this is a small town that um, that Nicolas Cage and Robin Tunney have come to. And um, it's never made entirely clear 
if Nicolas Cage is the only sane person in a town full of weirdos, or if Nicolas Cage is just another weirdo in a vast sea of weirdos. Yeah. It's never made clear because Nicolas Cage is inherently a strange dude. Mm-hmm. He has the weight of his entire filmography <laughs> on his back. So anytime you see him, you feel that this is going to be strange. Yeah. This is going to be weird. And he um, he's met, in fact, by a possibly even weirder person. Um, a police officer comes to kind of visit him about, about 40 minutes in. And this guy um, basically questions Nicolas Cage about uh you know you know he's circling him it's like oh so where's the guy who used to own the place and the guy's like all right cool yeah you can't find him that's okay cool well let me know if he's in and not to skip ahead too far Mm. but you immediately know this is the killer yeah i didn't you have to this is this is one of the ones where i was like i was like okay i had the thought i was like Okay, this guy's the bad guy. But I was like, this is way too late to be introducing the bad guy. This is halfway through the fucking movie. You can't let me know. Because I was like, introducing him halfway through was what made me think, oh God, is this going to be the one where it is Nicolas Cage? Do you know what I mean? He's forgotten his... Sam, there's three people in this entire movie. He has to be <laughs> the killer. This, this, The cast is too small. <laughs> yeah. That's why I, that it can't. It has to be him. I know. That's why I was like, it has to be Nicolas Cage. Because I was like, I was like, if I watched an episode of Scooby Doo, right, and they met, they met like one guy at the beginning, and then halfway through, there's just another guy. I'm like, well, it's still the first guy because that's how stories work, right? It's- Look, I don't know what you. I think you. This is classic. This you underestimated the movie and you sorry you overestimated the movie and you psyched yourself out yeah. you psyched yourself out yeah it has to be this guy yeah it has to be this guy because there's only the, I think the credits is like four people yeah <laughs> 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 so few people yeah. in this movie it has to be the guy and um, yeah not to again not to skip a far too hit but it is him <laughs> it is um, the uh, um I can't even remember the guy's he, name. The, you, the police officer. I tell you what, though, you, did you recognize him? Oh man, you're gonna! I'm gonna kill you. He was, he was the boyfriend, the military boyfriend from Buffy the Fuck Vampire you. Slayer. Fuck you! Yeah. Fuck you! Yeah. You piece of shit! I knew it, man. I was like, as soon as I saw this guy, I knew it was him. Yeah. I knew it was someone. Yeah, Buffy, man. Anyway, yeah. There we go. Uh, one of the greats. One of the greats. We'll always shout out Buffy here when we can. <laughs> Um, sorry, so they meet, so you now know he's in the orbit. Then it, it, it leads to one of the strangest scenes. There's a big blowout between Nicolas Cage and Robert Tunney, but the next day, it leads to one of the strangest scenes that I've seen in a long time, which is um, the police officer, um, Buffy, Buffy boyfriend, inv- uh, interrogates Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Do you remember this? Wait, are you talking about the Did, did You Killer? Did you kill her? Did you, did you, yeah, this was so fucking weird. So what um, Nicholas Cage has heard from the truck driver in number 10 is that some girl uh, killed herself in the pool, right? He said, but the way he phrased it was she went for a, she went for like a little swim, but not before cutting deep into her skin. Something weird and like ominous Some- like that. Some weird ominous truck driver shit. So yeah, so a very specific way of making it 
ambiguous enough so that we don't know the whole information anyway. And then the cop comes in, old Buffy cop comes in, uh, and Nicolas Cage goes, um, he's like, does this have anything to do with the girl that was murdered? And he's like, it's Greg Cage, oh, Greg Cage. not murdered, killed herself. And the guy's like, <laughs> the, the, the cop like laughs and he's like, huh, if she could cut all the way through her own goddamn stomach. And it's like, the, <laughs> like it's implied that she's like impaled herself and then like walked out. Um, and then he's like, uh, he's like, you know, he's like, Nicholas Cage goes, how long ago was that? When did that happen? And he was like, funny thing happened the day after you came to see this place for the first time. And then he says, did you kill her? The day before. Is that some strange ass timing or what? Did you do it? Did I do it? Did you do it? Did I do Ray, what? Did you do it? Did, did I do what? The did pig? you do it? Howard. Ray, did you do it? Did I do it? Did you do it? Did I do Ray, what? Did you do it? Did I do what? Did you do it? Did I do what? <laughs> I know you didn't do it. <laughs> you in touch with Ben at all? Did you do it? Did you kill her? Did you do it? And the guy. What? Yeah. What? Did you kill her? Did you. What? Did, huh? did you kill her? <laughs> What? Did you Who? did you kill her? <laughs> huh? Who? <God>. What? <laughs> did I do huh? what? <laughs> Honestly, it felt like Nicolas Cage was like, a, a, like my man was playing like um, the chase or something. I was playing like a game show and he was trying to like guess. Did you kill her? Apple. Uh, did you kill her? Uh, Bastille Day. Uh, did you kill her? Uh, 1779. Did you kill her? Like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like he was, he was answering different questions in his own mind and um he doesn't admit to killing her because uh he didn't yeah. um the buffy cop actually was the um the eventual murderer and then like i feel like the last 30 minutes of this movie just fucking mm-hmm. just like careens by mm. because um uh, obviously nicholas cage doesn't know that buffy cop is the killer at this point but he, he it's kind of told by him by Buffy Cop that it like it behooves him to find the owner of the motel to find the guy who was the motel so at this point in time this is where there's like actual plot holes and I'm not trying I don't don't like going into plot holes specifically just because I feel like it's like the least fun bit yeah to poke fun at usually yeah yeah Um, but there is some plot holes in this one Uh, chiefly that he gets called out to the desert he finds the guy who sold him the hotel and they meet there and the guy gets killed we don't know by who because mm-hmm. it's so far away yeah that he gets shot and it's just nicholas cage and this guy are in the desert yeah and we don't know who kills this guy and nicholas cage drives back to the hotel turns out that his wife has been taken hostage by buffy cop yeah which means that buffy cop killed in this time, mm. uh, Buffy Cop killed the the only man, the, you know, the guy who owned the hotel, then drove back in time to ki- kidnap and tie up and subdue Nicolas Cage's wife, all before Nicolas Cage got back. But Nicolas Cage never saw him kill um, the original guy, never saw him kill the original owner, which means, which implies that there is another, uh, uh, there's an accomplice. Uh, yeah, or 
um, and this is what I think is far likelier, is that Nicolas Cage is, you know, standing out, talking to this guy that he bought the motel from in the desert, sees the guy take a shot to the chest, and then we see that car off in the distance, you know, the car driving away off in the distance. And, mm-hmm. it's, and we're talking like miles and miles in the distance. And then he goes, I know, I have to save my wife and get out of this town before it's too late, but I am definitely going to obey the speed limit. Yeah, he just drives at a... <laughs> yeah, just it's out. a firm 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah just, just letting people in front of him in traffic, like, yep, yeah, yeah, come yeah, in, yeah. come in, yeah, yeah. go by, go by. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Overtake, okay? Don't? No, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to sit Pitch in my car and finish listening to Freebird. Come on, it's Freebird. <laughs> Practicing smiling man- maniacally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In front of his uh, ring room mirror, like, yeah, that's probably what happened. Because at this point, yeah, that, it, otherwise it doesn't make sense. Because mm-hmm. the, the timelines don't make don't line up. We don't know that this guy is like a fucking enemy at the gates. Fucking, um, uh, what's his name from uh, American Hack- Sniper? Oh, Bradley uh, Cooper? He's like fucking Bradley Cooper, an American <laughs> Sniper. Can kill people from like a thousand mm. kilometers away with 10 degrees of crosswind or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy, but he's in this little small town uh, being a little pervert. And um, <laughs> well, what if, that's all we know. What if he was aiming for Cage? What if he was aiming for Nicolas Cage? Because actually, to be fair, it doesn't make sense for him to shoot the old guy because the old guy knows something's up and is like, I'm living off grid now. Fuck this. I'm never coming out of hiding. And he's like, I shouldn't even be talking to you. And then the guy's like, oh, well, I gotta go kill Nicolas Cage. Whoops. All right, man, let's r- let's wrap up this movie. Um, so Nicolas Cage bursts through the looking glass mm-hmm. and he attacks the, the Buffy cop, kills my man, da, 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 makes the chopper go <laughs> and they drive away. Yeah. Him and Robin Tony drive away into the night. To the biggest sin in the whole fucking movie, which is the words, the end, zooming in on the screen, which is... Yeah. I can't explain. I was I watched this with my partner. And we looked at each other like, no, really? I can't believe you brought someone else into this movie. My, that's so unfair. I, ha- I, I had to watch this. <laughs> I had to. I had to. It was a scheduling thing. <laughs> I. Know. It's a scheduling thing. But you tell you why isn't a scheduling thing is. Pow! Check Check up. Pow! 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 Categories. Yeah. Uh, like in the new theme music, I like that. Like yeah, I just add that in. Uh, um, sometimes I'm too lazy uh, to play music, but dude, sometimes you know this, Sam. You on this podcast, you know, most of the time you're on you. Um, we have categories. Mm. How are we going to compare these movies? Two movies came out on the exact same day. One Black Panther, one Looking Glass. Who is for us to say which one is better? Is it Black Panther? Yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. Now. We have categories where we compare them. And the first category is usually the weirdly woke moment. Mm. Mm. So for me, the weirdly woke moment between these two joints, um, Black Panther's one long woke moment. For me, uh, it's going to have to be... Okay, I had two for this, right? The, the first is they find a dead pig in their pool with a message written inside it, right? The first thing, Nicolas Cage fishes it out of the pool and then just drives it out into the desert in the middle of nowhere and burns it, right? And, I mean, receiving a dead gutted pig in your pool is like a pretty threatening, ominous message, especially when it has like a woman's picture and the word Chrissy written on it. 
my weirdly woke moment is this kind of middle-aged white couple in the middle of the Arizona desert just not calling the cops. Okay. That's good. Right? That's good, yeah. I feel I've just not like, yeah, let's not involve the uh, police in this. Yeah, they don't need to be coming around here making false accusations. My other one that I do want to say is they have, because we didn't cover it, is they have a fight um, when Robin thinks that Nicolas Cage has been cheating on her with the dominatrix of the pub when he's gone to interrogate her. Um, and she's she's pissed, she's really angry, and then she goes, locks herself in the bathroom to take a bunch of pills. Nicolas Cage kicks in the door, absolutely does not like hurt her or threaten her or do anything away. She's like sort of hitting him, and he really calmly deals with the situation, puts them both in the shower, cools them both down, right? <laughs> And then is like, no, come on. That is great, though. Right? That is great, though. Yeah. Just being slowly placed in a shower by Nicolas Cage. That's great, though, because it's like, babe, look, this is going crazy. You're too hot. Look, I'm too hot, too. Let me me get in the shower with you. I relate. Let's both cool down. Let's both cool down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's both of us get in the shower. And I'm like, you know what? That is the sweetest level of domestic violence I've ever seen in a film. (laughs) Like ever, just massive props to that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Um, All right. Uh, The next moment that we have, usually in this category, is the instant cancellation. That's the thing that is like 2018, which actually is not that long ago, but you'd be surprised. Mm. You'd be surprised. 2018 is not that long ago, but the instant cancellation. um, It's the thing that was kind of okay back then, but is not okay now. so it would kind of had to not be okay back then, to be honest. Yeah. But um, what, what what do you have for us in terms of an instant cancellation? Sam? So you know what, mine's for Black Panther. Go on. Major Go one. on. Right, I, and I I just wanna I just wanna frame this right, yeah, because well, they meet Martin Freeman in South Korea, and uh, they are interrogating Andy Serkis with him, and then Andy Serkis gets broken out, and uh, Martin Freeman gets shot what should be a fatal wound but obviously with Wakanda's technology they can take him back to their secret country in like high society and save him and they do and I just want to be like now imagine how crazy insulting that is to be the Wakandan that got left behind and they invited a fucking white dude before they invited Michael B. Jordan back Martin Freeman's character is actually really interesting. I was hoping Martin Freeman would, in an inversion of um, a trope in movies, I was hoping Martin Freeman would sacrifice himself. Same! Oh, I, f- yeah. I forgot he didn't. Yeah, I thought he was going to, but he didn't. And I think that's actually a missed opportunity. That's like a little extra little... Little nod over the top to show how really woke you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, kill Martin, kill Martin Freeman, kill Martin Freeman. Have Martin Freeman look and say, "It's okay, I've lived a full life." And they're like, "Oh, cool, Martin." He's like, "No, no, no, don't try and stop me." And he's like, "No, no, no, we're we're good with this. We're good. We yeah. think you we think you should do this for us." Yeah. All right, I'm gonna do it. But you know, it's about honor. It's, don't try and stop me. <laughs> Just, yeah. Don't 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 try me. And it's like, cool, Martin. Yeah. No, it's actually we 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 need you. We we need you there. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We've locked the doors. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, cool. Cheers, Martin. Cool man. Appreciate you. 
as soon as he leaves, start talking behind his back. It's like, man, what a bitch. This guy's so annoying. Um, yeah, so the next one we have is uh, Genre Blender. This is when we take the movie and we turn it 10 degrees to the left. So um, the looking, looking Glass is interesting because Looking Glass is like touching on a bunch of different ones. I think this should could have been a Three's Company style how can I say this? Ben Stiller style uh, comedy, mm-hmm. zany comedy, early two thousands. Couple buy a motel. Turns out the motel has the Looking Glass. I think in the very first scene, the very first time it happens, Ben Stiller falls or <laughs> Nicholas Cage falls through the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Awkward situation. <laughs> now we have a nice zany comedy. Um, and we can go from there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but you know what? Even better. Have both of them go through the looking glass. Have both of them look at it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's now like a little thing. They spark off it, but then obviously craziness ensues. What's the last category that we usually have? Freaky, Freaky Friday, Friday, right? Yeah. Freaky Friday. So if you had to switch people, man, how can you not get Nicolas Cage in Black Panther as the titular Black <laughs> <Panther>? <laughs> <laughs> The King of Wakanda. The King of Wakanda. <laughs> Wakanda forever. How could you not get this guy in there? <laughs> Weird. Everyone else has to play it straight. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else has to play it straight. Also, Nicolas Cage has been raised wrong, so Nicolas Cage thinks that he's black. Yeah. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Nicolas Cage cannot see. It's like no, he's like yeah, he's like the Dave Chappelle sketch. Yeah. He is. He thinks he is. He thinks he's black. Right. And he's been raised wrong. So he thinks that he is black. And um, everyone in the movie goes along with it, with the exception of um, Martin Freeman. Right. Martin Martin Freeman's the only one who shows up and is like, can you guys see this? And they're like, what? Can we see what? What are you talking about? Michael Michael B. Jordan is like, no, what are you talking about? I don't understand. Yeah, this guy's Black Panther. He's black. You 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 tell me you guys can't see that. Yeah. You're telling me this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy. The least athletic guy in Wakanda. You're telling me this guy is black. He's like, yeah, hundred percent. Then Martin Freeman like looks to camera with like the wide eyed half, like, oh, okay. Okay. I I'm going the other way. Because Whoa. Whoa. Black Panther, already a great watchable movie, right? I think Looking Glass needs some sprucing up. I'm taking Andy Serkis from Black Panther as South African arms dealer. And mm-hmm. Just as a side note, because this is what I really like about Andy Serkis's character in Black Panther, as opposed to the villains of most other like sort of superhero things, is he's just having a great time. Like he's in it for the good time. And I'm like, yeah. you know, as a, uh, do you mean the actor or the villain? Both. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's what's so Chew- yeah. chewing it up, right? chewing up the scenery. Um, uh, I'm putting him in there. And he's killing way more people than the two that have died. He's literally just checking into a different room every night and doing a killing. And then when they catch him, he's like, yeah, what the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> I think that's it for this. Uh, I think that's it for this edition of B-Plot. I think we're all good. Yeah. Yeah, man. This has been uh, been a pleasure. Um Guys, the next movie we actually already have lined up. Usually we don't do this, but we already have the next movie lined up. The next movie we have lined up is the classic mm. White Men Can't Jump, starring uh, Woody Harrelson and the great Wesley Snipes. And Rosie Perez. And, and Rosie Perez, yeah, 100%. And the uh, other film that we're watching on that day is The Ladybugs, 
um, with the great, mm. the god, um, Rodney Dangerfield. And um, yeah, mm. that's just it. But love Rodney Dangerfield. Never say, if you ever, if you ever in your life say anything bad about Rodney Dangerfield in my presence, mm. oh my god, I'll fucking bust your head or your pussy or <laughs> you never never I'll, talk to me in your life I'll just give um, you no respect I don't understand you give me no respect yo. look at this guy anyway thank you guys for uh, tuning in and uh, we'll catch you next week see you later